0: A new rule implemented by the Biden administration will make it nearly impossible for Christian adoption agencies to function in alignment with their beliefs on sex and gender. Also, millennial parents are complaining that their parents, the boomer grandparents, aren't around. Is there anything to this also brie is going to test my knowledge of gen z vocabulary at the end of this episode and you don't want to miss it this episode is brought to you by our friends at good ranchers go to goodranchers.com, use code ally at checkout that's to ranchers.com code ally Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Tuesday. Hope everyone is having a wonderful week so far. Uh, Brie, did you have a good weekend?
1: Yeah, you did? it was great. Didn't good. really do much, but it was great. Relaxing.
0: Have yeah. you been listening to Christmas music?
1: Actually, no, which is weird because I'm a big Christmas person, but yeah. I haven't really
0: yeah um we have a little bit I still haven't decorated that much in our house because we're getting a lot of things updated which is just a just such a stressful crazy process so I feel like I don't even know if I'm going to we're also going to be out of town so you don't know if you're going to at all Uh, to decorate I mean I'll listen to Christmas music but (laughs) we have lights on our house that's <clears throat> that and our christmas tree is up but there's no ornaments right now well there's been that's people so sad. i know there's been people painting and yeah i well, you know. have one
1: here you have one behind you so that's
0: true if y'all are watching on youtube <laughs> we have decorated the relatable set for christmas so yeah i think that i think that counts um yeah i i do love christmas but i have like only one box of christmas decorations i'm not like the you most extravagant person yeah that's yeah. fair uh does taylor switch a christmas album Yes, mate. I actually don't know. Wow. I think so. Mm. Swifty. Some <laughs> Swifty wow. trivia that you don't know. Okay, we've got a lot to talk about today, we're going to bring Brie in several times to talk about the various subjects that we've got. But first, I want to talk about this very serious, and I think... Very sad story that we've talked about before, but it's being reported on again, and that is the difficulty that Christian families have in adopting and fostering because of our views, views that not just Christians have held for thousands of years, but people around the world have held for millennia, and uh, also that most of the world still holds today on gender and sexuality. This radical idea that marriage is between a man and a woman, this radical idea that boys are boys and girls are girls, that's not something that you can change by way of declaration, or any kind of medical procedure. For these views, Christian families are being told you cannot foster, you cannot adopt. So this is from the Washington Examiner. The Biden administration's Department of Health and Human Services has proposed a rule that would prevent states from using child adoption agencies, most of them faith-based, that do not accept the LGBTQ ideology for children. Children, the proposed rule was published September 28th, was then open for public comment. The comment period closed on November 27th. So it's done. The Biden administration is saying that these faith-based adoption agencies, most of the adoption agencies are faith-based. They were established by Christians a long time ago. Uh, if they do not accept the idea that you can change genders, that we should be chemically castrating boys and cutting the healthy breasts off of teenage girls who say that they're boys, then they can't receive state funding. Now, you'll also remember, or maybe you don't, we covered this when it happened probably about a year ago, there was another rule announced um, that said that the Biden administration will no longer allow uh, government funding for lunches in low-income public schools if these public schools establish any rules that protect gender-specific uh, bathrooms, And so unless these schools allow boys into girls' bathrooms, they will not be eligible to receive the free lunches uh, for low-income students. That's what the Biden administration has established. We can link information to that in the description of this episode so you know that I'm not making it up. And now they are going after these Christian adoption agencies. So let's talk about this a little bit more. The safe and appropriate foster care placement requirements. So already we've got the dystopian link. Safe and Appropriate Foster Care Placement Requirements Rule. By safe and appropriate, what they mean is that as an adoption agency or as foster parents and adoptive parents, you have to be okay with injecting children with opposite sex hormones. That's neither safe nor appropriate in any case ever. Here's what it says. Uh, The Administration for Children and Families, part of DHHS, proposes to specify the steps agencies must take when implementing the case plan and case review requirements for children in foster care who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning intersex, as well as children who are non-binary. Children who are non-binary. Gosh, we live. We live in a horrible time, <laughs> a hellacious time when it comes to this, um, have non-conforming gender identity or expression. Now, I just want to remind you that these things don't exist. There's no such thing as a queer child. There's no such thing as a trans child. There's no such thing as a bisexual child. These are all labels that adults, perverse adults, have placed on children to, j- to justify uh, their own strange proclivities and identities. Uh, Children are not transgender. They can't be the opposite sex. I mean, adults aren't either, by the way. It's not possible to be the opposite sex. You can declare yourself anything that you want to. It's not possible to transition into the other gender. But children, um, in particular, are completely unable of even having the concept of being Um, the opposite sex. Yes, there is um, real, actual, I don't even want to call it, after my interview yesterday, I don't want to call it gender dysphoria. I forgot what she said that you should actually call it but uh, there is um a real instance a very rare instance of young children having intense discomfort with their gender it's mostly boys but that's a tiny 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 percentage this idea that there is this huge number of quote trans children that need to be affirmed in their transness it is at Absolutely a disgusting lie pushed by perverts and people who make money from creating slaves to the medical industrial complex. But... This apparently is safe and appropriate for children, according to the Biden administration. Under the proposed rule, each state must ensure that the totality of their child welfare system includes sufficient placements for LGBTQI plus children that meet the proposed standards of safe and appropriate care. So to be considered safe and appropriate, here's how they're defining this in this dystopian way to be uh, considered safe and appropriate placement for these children means the provider with whom the agency places the child will establish an environment free of hostility mistreatment or abuse based on the child's lgbtqi plus status now you might hear that and say okay well yeah of course we don't want children to be mistreated or abused of course i agree with that is that happening in these christian adoption agencies Is this happening at these Christian homes? Let's see how they define that. How did they define hostility? How did they define mistreatment? So here's what it says. The provider will facilitate the child's access to age-appropriate resources, services, and activities that support their health and well-being if the child wishes to access those resources, services, and activities. And what exactly is meant by that? What is meant by that, of course, is activities, resources, medical processes that quote-unquote affirm this idea that a child can be the opposite sex. This is what the rule also says. The LGBTQI plus youth um, are overrepresented in the child welfare system because of a confluence of factors. Ooh, let's just like pause and think of that. Let's let that simmer for a second. LGBTQI plus youth, I don't even know what all that means, are overrepresented in the child welfare system. Why would that be? Just take a pause and think about that. What the destabilization and the trauma in their lives, what that could have done to contribute to children's confusion about their sexuality and about their gender. Hmm. Studies suggest that many LGBTQI plus youth face higher rates of parental physical abuse and are more likely to run away from home or be kicked out, often because of conflict over their sexual orientation or gender identity these experiences. These experiences place LGBTQI plus youth at greater risk of entering foster care. All of this is just a fancy and empathy-shaming, empathy-manipulation way to say that Christians are not fit to foster and adopt children because they won't affirm this radical idea of gender ideology. Okay, we've got more to say about that, but I've got to take a pause and tell you about our first sponsor, for the day before we get to the rest of it. And that is, of course, Carly Jean Los Angeles. They've got a great deal going on right now. I am, as always, wearing my Carly Jean Los Angeles. They just sent me this sweater that I love. It's just a black sweater. It's beautiful. It goes with anything. But I love the shape of it. Um, It really does, it really does look good with all different kinds of pants. I am wearing my favorite Carly Jean jeans right now. Love them. Wear them like every day. I love Carly Jean Los Angeles because their clothes are really high quality. They look good in every season of life, in every season of the year. You just need a few really nice pieces, and you can mix and match them all year long. This is a Christian conservative company that you will do well to support. Right now, you can use Relatable 25 for $25 off an order of $125 or more. Or you can use the code RELATABLE50 for $50 off an order of $200 or more. So RELATABLE25 25 for $25 off if you spend $125. RELATABLE50 50 for $50 off if you spend $200 or more. This is just in the month of December. So go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use RELATABLE25 or RELATABLE50. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. RELATABLE25 or RELATABLE50. 19 state attorneys general submitted comments um opposing this rule arguing that it fails to acknowledge the importance of faith-based organizations in the foster care system discriminates on the basis of religion and creates further harm for foster children and states trying to help them so these were the attorneys general of Alabama Alaska Arkansas Georgia Idaho Indiana Iowa Kentucky Louisiana Mississippi Missouri Montana Nebraska Ohio South Carolina Tennessee Texas Virginia and West Virginia if you you are part of a Republican state and you did not hear your state on that list, you should try to contact your attorney general and ask them why they did not submit comments to oppose this rule. So here's what they said, and I think that we should listen to this closely. This proposed rule seeks to accomplish indirectly what the Supreme Court found unconstitutional just two years ago. Remove faith-based providers from the foster care system if they will not conform their religious beliefs on sexual orientation and gender identity. They're referring to Fulton v. City of of Philadelphia. That's exactly what's going on here. The Biden administration, the federal government would rather have kids languishing in foster care where they are actually more likely to get abused. That's where they are likely to get abused. Not in these loving Christian homes who just happen to say, yeah, we're not going to trans you when you're 13. Sorry. Um, they would rather these children be without parents, be continuing, uh, continue to be traumatized, continue to be, uh, destabilized, uh, then put them in through a Christian adoption agency that would place them with a loving home or place them with a Christian family who would love them very much and maybe show them love for the first time in their lives. Now, I'm not saying that there are no bad foster families. Even foster families who may call themselves Christians may be bad foster families. I'm not I'm not saying that that is not possible. Of course it is. Um, However, the terrible stories that I have heard about parents adopting kids and fostering kids who have ended up abusing them have not been uh, from Christian families. Again, I'm sure it happens, but you will recall that story that we talked about last year of those two men, two gay men, who went through a Christian adoption agency to adopt two boys and ended up sex trafficking The two boys. Now, unfortunately, those men aren't going to get the death penalty. They should get the death penalty. It's not on the table. It can't be on the table uh, for that crime. But I think that they should. It's absolutely. But the Biden administration is not interested in looking into that case or cracking down on things like that. What they're interested in, in is making sure that Christian families, who are some of the only families even willing to take these children in, are unable to adopt unless they completely renounce their fundamental Christian beliefs on sex and gender. Um, This is also what the attorneys general say. Uh, The foster care system depends on individuals and organizations of faith. An LGBT research organization reported that 40% of government-contracted child placement agencies are religiously affiliated. So what exactly is going to happen if those are unable to operate or they have to... Uh, bend their core beliefs foster parents who are recruited through a church or other religious organization foster children are 2.6 years longer than the average foster parent practicing christians are three times more likely to seriously consider fostering than the general population of course because this is what christians do it's what christians have always done it's what we've always led the way on From our very inception, we have been a refuge for children and for women, for the most vulnerable. I'm not saying that there haven't been sinful and evil people who have abused, of course, in the name of Christ. We consider those people not Christian at all. But the church, the bride of Christ, has been the refuge, the revolutionizing refuge in society for all of its history and its defense and its care for the widow and the orphan. That is what the church does. That is the pure religion that Christians are called through the power of the Holy Spirit to. So, of course, we are far more likely than the general population to foster and to adopt. And the Biden administration is making it near impossible for Christians to practice their faith sincerely and to do that and to care for these orphans because the Biden administration is more concerned that boys can be chemically castrated if they say that they're Sally by the age of 10 than they are these children having loving homes with parents who may happen to be Christian. Okay, let me just let me just say this again, and I've said it before. But Christians have no business, no business voting for Joe Biden. No business voting for Democrats in general. Absolutely none. This is not nuanced. It's not complicated. Yes, both sides have their problems. That's true. No side is perfect. Jesus is not a Republican or Democrat. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that your salvation is contingent upon who you vote for or what party you're affiliated with. I am just saying the simple fact of the matter is is that Christians should not be voting Democrat. There is no reason for it. The party of mutilating children's bodies through abortion and through gender transition should never, ever ever be supported by a christian ever there's no reason for it if you say well they're doing some other good things they're helping the poor no they're not oh well they're helping the migrant no they're not they're working to end racism no they're not they're fighting for equality and democracy no they're not they're not that's again it's not complicated it's not nuanced you've just been lied to and you've believed it there is no reason for a christian to vote democrat now, you don't have to vote Republican. I'm not saying that. I think Republicans have a big problem of cowardice, of not being conservative enough. I would love the Republican Party to be much more conservative, much more courageous, much more biblical than they are. So I'm certainly not saying that the Republican Party is salvific in any way. You can choose not to vote. I disagree with that. But you could choose that. You can choose to vote for a third party. I probably disagree with that, but I understand that calculation. There is no, no calculation that the Christian can make that will point to voting Democrat in good conscience. You can't. You can't do it in good conscience. Well, if you can't, there's something really deep going on there. Again, the party of child mutilation, whether through gender transition or abortion, should never, ever, ever, ever be supported in any way by a Christian. Now some of you have said while well, you live in these very blue areas and you have to vote between like a more conservative democrat and like the communist democrat. Okay, maybe there maybe there are some exceptions somewhere out there. I don't know. I guess it depends on what the democrat stands for. But especially when it comes to Biden, there it is oh my gosh. You have been so completely deluded and duped if you think that there is any way that you can square your Christian faith with voting for Biden. There's none. It's evil, evil what this administration stands for and fights for. Um, You know, we talked about this when we had a a mom on named Jessica Bates. We had her on in May, and we'll link that episode um, in the description so you can go listen to it, but... Uh, she's in Oregon, and she is a Christian mom, and she's looking to um, adopt uh, children in the state of Oregon, and she was denied because of her Christian faith, because of what she believes about sex and gender, and she sued, saying that she's be- being discriminated against because of her religion, and um, unfortunately, the judge ruled against her, so she will not be able to adopt this was November 14th. The judge ruled against Jessica saying that she cannot adopt because her religious beliefs conflict with state adoption policies. Um, that apparently she has a lack of understanding about the unique support and care that LGBTQ children require. Now, mind you, she was not trying to adopt specifically LGBTQ children. They said you can't adopt at all just in case someone that you adopt may decide that they're LGBTQ one day and you have to be okay with quote unquote, gender affirming care, they said, sorry, you can't adopt at all. So again, the state of Oregon would rather children remain orphaned than having a loving foster mom who would maybe show them love and care and stability for the first time. I want to play you a clip um, from the episode of Jessica explaining her story. Here it is.
2: My certifier ended up calling me and, um, kind of just walking through hypothetical situations. And the one that she specifically brought up was, okay, well, you have a child in your care who would like to transition and needs to go have hormone shots. Will you drive this child to their hormone appointments? And I told her, no, I, I believe that our gender is something sacred. And yeah. not only that, I think I said, I, I think that's child abuse, that it's just, yeah, you're not affirming a person for who they really are basically. Mm-hmm. And she basically said, well, we're basically going to pull your application and put it on pause if you change your Mm -hmm. mind then we can put it back into circulation. And I and I even said, so in the whole state of Oregon, you're telling me there's not a sibling pair that doesn't have gender confusion issues or gender dysphoria that we could take into our home. And she said, "Well, that's that's not really the point because mm. even if we did allow that, years down the road, they could change their mind and and develop these issues and you're not going to be supportive in you know, taking them to these appointments and things. Wow. So, so she basically let me know that it was basically going to be pulled and everything. And then wow. about two months after that phone call, I got the official letter of denial Wow. from the state.
0: Yep. So they sued. She and Alliance Defending Freedom. I love Alliance Defending Freedom. They're doing such good work. And uh, the judge ruled against her. Can't be a Christian and adopt and foster in states like Oregon. Again, why would a Christian ever vote Democrat? There are 5,600 kids estimated in the state of Oregon in the foster care system, and all of those of all of those 5,600 kids, apparently, there is not a single one who would be safe in the care of Jessica because she wouldn't drive, a, you know, a 12-year-old kid to go get hormone shot, shots at the local Planned Parenthood. Evil, evil. And we shouldn't support it. In fact, we should do everything possible to speak up against it. It's not even for, we're not even standing up for Christian foster parents when we're standing up against this. I mean, we can be, that's fine. We're not standing up for ourselves. Like we're standing up for the kids. We're standing up for the kids who need loving homes. We're standing up for the kids who need stability. We're standing up for the kids who need to be placed somewhere that is going to show them care. But, I don't know, the government seems to have an incentive in keeping these kids parentless, confused, destabilized, um, vulnerable to abuse, which they are in foster care. It's really, really wicked, and I just want to say again, there is no reason for a Christian to ever vote Democrat, and I will not Apologize for saying that. Um, All right. Uh, Next sponsor for the day. This is a great sponsor. I'm super excited to tell you all about this. I want to talk to you about World Watch. So World Watch is a daily 10-minute show primarily designed for students. Viewers can discover what's happening in the world and understand major concepts in the news through an engaging and adaptable format. Uh, whether you're discipling kids, teaching students in a classroom, or simply growing tired of reactionary media outlets, but you want your kids to see what's going on, again, this is like student age, uh, then you need to check out World Watch. If you go to worldwatchnews Ally, you can access your first three months of unlimited episodes for free at worldwatchnews Alley. This is a great option for parents who you don't want your kids to be in a bubble, but you're trying to make sure that they're filtering everything that they see and they hear everything that's going on in the world from a truly Christian, conservative, biblical worldview, then you need World Watch. This would be a great investment for your family. And again, with my link, you can get the first three months totally free. Go to WorldWatch.news/Allie. worldwatch.news.allie, worldwatch.news.allie. Okay, I want to move on to this conversation that we've had quite a few times on Instagram before. Maybe we've talked about it on the podcast too. Um, and that is the complaint that I hear a lot of my millennial friends or millennial followers and listeners lodge. And that is that their parents, their kids' grandparents are aren't willing to spend enough time with their grandkids or help out with their grandkids. And, you know, this is something that we've talked about before when it comes to the older generation's use of their cell phones and use of technology. You think, oh, it's just the younger generations that have an obsession with it, but I would say it's also the older generations too. And let me just, before we get into this, before we get into this, let me just say that I am extremely spoiled. My husband and I are extremely spoiled because, um, Both my parents and my in laws, we rely on them so much, and I'm so thankful for them. So, I am not talking about them. They all listen to this podcast, and you all are amazing and help us so much. But I am talking about a general trend of baby boomer grandparents feeling like, you know what? I've already done my part when it comes to raising kids, and I don't really feel like extending that anymore. And I now I realize that this is like a real thing. It's not just you guys talking about that to me. This is something that apparently is a problem among a lot of millennials, so they say. This was reported by the New York Post. Um, this is the headline. Millennials feel abandoned by parents not available to help raise grandkids, colon, two busy. Some millennial parents say they feel abandoned by their baby boomer parents who have chosen to travel in their retirement rather than stay home and help raise their grandchildren. Business Insider found, and they give a lot of different um, examples of that. Uh, what millennials want is regular, stable, consistent support in terms of emotional support. Child care is super expensive in a way that it never has been, and it feels more necessary than ever because of workplace demands. So I think that is a lot of the frustration. That's what one person said, but I'll give my own interpretation of this. <clears throat> Because look, I see both sides. I know that I have a lot of baby boomers who listen to this, and you're going to get defensive. I know because I've already gotten a lot of your messages on Instagram. Now, some of you have said, as baby boomers, you've said, Oh my gosh, I see this too among my friends. I don't understand it. I am with my grandkids and my kids all the time. I absolutely love it. This is what I'm made for, and I help as much as I possibly can. But then another set of you, are angry like i got one message from you said you were seven she said she was 70 years old and she said you know what i didn't have any help my grandparents didn't help my parents didn't help with my kids i did it all on my own and my kids need to do it all on their own too i did my time they need to raise their kids okay i personally think that is an awful mentality an awful mentality A terrible mentality. That is not how the world has worked for most of history. First of all, People used to have kids a lot younger. And so they would have kids, say, when they were 20 years old, and then maybe their parents would only be 40 years old. So they still had a lot of vitality in them to help out. A lot of generations have lived together. This is still true in most of the non-American, non-Western world. And so there was a lot of help in the home because there was intergenerational help. Yes, grandparents were around to help. Yes, aunts and uncles and cousins and sisters and brothers were around to help. But because of this idea of the nuclear family, that our family is only mom, dad, children, and everyone else has to be kind of pushed to the side, we have this erroneous and I think really harmful idea. that or at least like a lot of boomer grandparents do that they've served their time and that their role is done that their work is done that their kids don't need them and also i think a lot of millennials have been like i'm setting up my boundaries i don't want help from my in-laws i don't want help from my parents i don't want them to come over they need to do all of these things and have this list of rules and so it's created this very troublesome situation Where a lot of millennials feel, a lot of millennial parents feel like they don't have enough help and don't have enough support. Um, I don't think that we as millennial parents should take our parents for granted. I don't think that we should just assume that they are going to be at our beck and call and that every time we need something that they are going to drop everything and be there all the time and i don't think that's what millennials are expecting i don't think that's what i don't think that's what a lot of my friends and a lot of parents my age are saying um i think they're just saying hey like i want you to be around my kids I would love for you to babysit if you can. We feel better about, you know, parents babysitting than a babysitter and hey, like this is another complaint that you guys have told me that you don't want your parents to be on their phones constantly when they're with your kids or just like give your kids like a, uh, you know, some kind of tech device to satiate them. Like this is this is a big tension I think between the boomer and millennial generations, um, that's that's going on. And I do think that I think that kids really miss out when they're not around their grandparents. Grandparents have a lot of wisdom to offer. They have a lot of experiences that they can give their grandchildren. And when grandparents aren't around, um they miss out on that. And that is going to be unique for this generation. Again, one, because I think parents are having kids later and so their parents are a lot older when they're having kids. Um, but also because boomer grandparents today are, they're a lot busier. They're a lot busier than grandparents in generations past. I mean, some of the stories that you guys have sent me have been really sad that like you got pregnant and your parents and your in-laws, they found that out and then they moved and some of you have told me that you live close to your to your parents, your kids' grandparents and they like refuse to babysit. They refuse to come over. They refuse to help. They have this mentality of like okay, I'm free, I'm busy, I'm traveling, I'm going to do whatever I want to. Good luck, have fun. Okay, you know, it's their right to do that. I think I think that's the wrong way to do it. I think that there's a lot of regret and a lot of, you know, someone told me that millennials complaining about this is entitled. I think it's a very entitled mentality to say, well, I did my raisin and now my grandkids don't need me. I'm not going to help at all. I just think that's a really awful. And self-centered mentality um, but at the same time of course there's a balance of course millennial kids have to respect their parents rest their alone time the margin that they need the energy that they have to have of course I think there's consideration there but there also has to be some consideration on the part of the grandparents And also, like, I do just want to give a shout out, again, my parents and my in-laws, but to all of you grandparents out there who do so much, who sacrifice so much for your kids and grandkids, like, you make such a difference. You make such a difference, um, such a difference in their lives. But it is interesting to see this phenomenon among the baby boomer, like, tech-obsessed, busy-obsessed Generation. It's very, very interesting. And we'll see the consequences of that, I think, um, long term. Okay, I wanted to talk about one other thing or a couple other things that I've been thinking about that have changed for me as I've become a parent that I think is different than how my parents raised me. And I want to see what Brie thinks about this. Brie doesn't have kids yet, but I wanted to get her I wanted to see what she thinks about that, and we can kind of compare and contrast what we what we think versus a mom a mom versus someone who is not yet a mom and one of the things that's changed for me is that i am okay with the idea my husband and i have talked about this recently and we have three girls so maybe it's different girls versus boys but we are okay with our kids living with us as long as they want to when they're adults Yes, we want them to be productive and responsible, take care of themselves, not expect for us to do everything for them when they're adults and capable. But I don't see anything wrong with adults who are hardworking and responsible, but trying to save money, feel safer at home with their parents, staying there until they get married or until they want to are ready to move out. This idea of just like kicking your kids out when they're 18 I the, I used to think that way totally. I would have never moved in with my parents after high school or after college. But now I see things totally differently. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I actually had the same experience, and I was raised with kind of the I don't know if they ever explicitly said it, but the the thinking was when you turn eighteen, you leave and you go and you start your adult life, whether it's college or whatever. For us, it was college, and um and that's just kind of what I believed, and then. I think maybe five or six years later, my dad made it very clear that he had changed his mind on that and that he regretted kind of that mentality of trying to push us out um, because you don't get that time back. <laughs> and, um, and so now he's very, he's like, if any, we're, we're older now, obviously. And he's like, if any of you needed to come home, like, of course you could live with us. So I agree with you. I don't like if I had kids who were nearing that age, I also wouldn't mind them staying, especially um, everything's so expensive. It's not like they're gonna be able to like go buy a house, you know. So yeah. it's just different, I think, than it was when uh, the last generation was kicking their kids out of their house. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it is about balance, and and you want your kids to be motivated to like make something of themselves. But um, yeah, I I yeah. totally agree with you.
0: Yeah, I think there's a difference between a failure to launch and staying home because it's like the more responsible thing to do. Yeah, Someone pointed out in my messages on Instagram that like this also protects girls and boys, but from potentially bad situations like 22. Yeah, maybe we should be you know, super mature and making good decisions, but you're still kind of stupid and you can put yourself in just bad situations, whether you're still in the college mentality, you're going places where you shouldn't, getting into romantic relationships that you shouldn't. I think living at home just does offer a layer of protection during that very vulnerable, informative time in your life. Not to live in a bubble, not to insulate you from reality, but it's just another layer yeah. To protect you from the craziness of the world, you've got the rest of your life to figure out how difficult it is to be an adult. Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
1: And I, like you said, I'm not a parent yet, so it's not like I have a, a an abundance of wisdom in parenting, but I do think that there's probably like for parents, they probably have to have the discernment to know like is my kid just kind of free riding here and should how much like should I be pushing them because I know yeah. people who do need to be pushed out of their house and yeah. <laughs> they need to be pushed to go get a job. Um for me when I was 18, I was like ready. I was like I'm ready to live on my own and I don't necessarily regret that, but now I see the value in yeah, like, you know, if I needed to stay then
0: yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have that much time between college and and marriage, I had like a, y- a year and some change. But I also was ready. Like I went to school. I grew up in Texas and I went to school in South Carolina. And I just wanted to be – I love my parents. I have a great relationship with them. But I wanted to be in a new place. I wanted to not know anyone actually. Yes. Like I wanted to be in a new city, at a new college. And I didn't know a soul at all. And I loved that. Yeah. Like I thought that it was great. Most of my friends – Went to school at the traditional Texas schools that most Texas people go to, which is awesome. I just didn't want to do it. I wanted something new, and then I moved to another new city after college. And so everyone's different, and that's that was you know that was good for me. I met my husband, and then we got married when I was twenty three, and so obviously wouldn't have lived with my 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 parents. But although there are some married couples that live with parents for whatever reason, but yeah, I, I don't regret it either. But who knows what it's going to be like by the time our kids are 22. Yeah. And another thing is, I'm interested to see what you hear about this or what you, hear what you think about this, Um, is college. Like, <laughs> that was never a question for me. Yeah. I was always going to call, go to college. Everyone was going to go to college. There was no question of whether I was going to go to college. Now, I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care if my kids want to or not. Yeah
1: no I'm I very strongly believe so I went to a, a private secular school and uh, I would not send my kid there right now no, knowing what I know about that school um I don't know that I would send my kid to any secular school to be honest knowing what I know now yeah and I am actually a big believer that For most jobs, you don't actually need to go to college. Yeah. There's some benefit in like the connections you might get at college. But um, unless it's something where you actually need a degree,
0: like you can just start working. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's how I feel too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I did study communications in college. So I guess you could say I'm applying it to (laughs) what I'm doing. But I'm not sure if anything I learned in my classes I'm applying just I think the college experience yeah. there's something to that mm-hmm. again gaining independence while not fully being independent yet yeah. having responsibilities that's not like having a job um, or you know uh, the kind of job that you get after college Um but, yeah, I feel totally different. I I don't want to pay thousands of dollars to send my kids off to come back as communists, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's the silliest thing that conservative yeah. parents
1: do. I know. And, you know, I also used to be a huge snob about community college. Um, about people or yeah about the sort of track of doing like two years of community college and then going to nothing a four wrong year. with it no At in all. fact, in a lot of cases it's like the much smarter thing to do even if you totally. get into a four-year college just financially. So yeah, I know I've rethought a lot of that because things have changed. yeah obviously universities have changed and yeah yeah, yeah and
0: you know what it's really sad when you think about it because I remember that too in school, people, making you feel like community college wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like you sh- you definitely shouldn't do that or that's, that's something to be ashamed of, which is, it's sad because you think about maybe the kids who would have benefited from doing that and then they didn't because they were ashamed to do it. There's no shame in that at all. Like yeah. you said, it's actually probably the smarter choice for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, you could go to a college where you're spending $50,000 a year. Immediately you're cutting out $100,000 of debt you know, if you do two years of community college. So it's, yeah, I think it's silly to just think about it in terms of.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Very different. And also like, I just think different about like careers and things like that. I mean, I certainly was raised in a conservative Christian home, but I was definitely told, like I definitely anticipated working always. And like, and I have, uh, you know, a wonderful job where I have a lot of flexibility and get to do what I love. But I was definitely taught from an early age, like that that, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to work. And which is funny. But again, Baby Boomer is just a different, you know, their parents were in the Great Depression. It's just different things we're taught in every generation. And this is something that I know I got to do another ad. But another thing I was thinking about is I saw someone say on Twitter the other day that Like our generation of conservatives anyway are more conservative than our parents. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I do. Because I think things have gotten
1: more polarized. I mean, I wasn't really around in the same way back then, obviously, but. Yeah, I think that's true.
0: Yeah. I think we've had to think about more things than our parents did. Like our parents probably, they didn't have to think about the LGBTQ (laughs) stuff like we do. And so it's made us kind of go back to the beginning and go back to the Bible and all of these things, which I think has made us more conservative Mm -hmm. in some ways than our parents, which is, I think, a positive. Yeah. Maybe not a full white pill, but a positive. Right.
1: Well, and we're being fed this stuff all the
0: time. They were yeah. not, so yeah, it, True. It, it makes sense. True. Okay, uh, let me pause and tell y'all about Public Square. So, if you are trying to support more companies, especially in this gift giving season, that supports our va- that support our values that align with the things that we believe, then you need to check out Public Square. If you go to the Public Square app, uh, then you can find all kinds of local businesses, all kinds of online businesses that you can support because they are fighting for the things that you and I believe in. You can also list your business there for free so other people can find you. If you go to publicsq.com, you can download the app or you can just download it on the app store. Public SQ stands for public square, publicsq.com. Okay. Very quickly, speaking of colleges, oh, I forgot that this is what we were going to tie in. Um, Okay, can you explain to us why people are asking if colleges are real and this somehow (laughs) has to do with Taylor Swift? Yes.
1: So uh, to redeem myself from earlier, not knowing my Taylor Swift lore. um, Yeah, so now Harvard has just announced a course on Taylor Swift. Harvard. Harvard. Taylor Swift and her world. I think it's what it's called yeah and uh it's taught by a a professor a poet named stephanie burt who is a man oh so there's that um but it's basically about taylor swift and like her influences and looking at, it's just a music class and oh, okay <laughs> i think there are other well i know that there are other courses there are multiple colleges who are doing taylor swift courses um looking at her music there's even a legal course about specifically taylor swift and her legal battles so
0: okay
1: um that's what that's what colleges have right now
0: okay so why are people asking it's college real are they basically just saying so like this is what college is now like is it necessary yeah
1: i mean i think a lot i don't necessarily agree with all of the rhetoric because i think a lot of it is like are you kidding me a whole class on taylor swift to me, like they're they've done classes on Miley Cyrus. I think that's a lot sillier yeah. than someone like Taylor Swift. Um, and there are also like way worse examples of college courses, like wine tasting, and we found one on tree climbing, and one on how to watch television. So. Mm. I don't think this is the dumbest example. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that's what—that's why people are there's saying plenty,
0: that. There's plenty. There's plenty of dumb examples out yeah. there. Okay, speaking of dumb in colleges and academia and all these things. Okay, Oxford University Press, publisher of the multi-volume Oxford English dish- Dictionary, has named "riz" as its word of the year—a word made popular by Gen Z to, uh, to describe someone's ability to attract or seduce another person okay okay a goblin mode i remember that goblin <laughs> mode was last year this year was a riz i've never used to this actually um but i have heard it used and brie i hear you have maybe a few words for me um so what brie is going to do is she's going to give me a few uh a few words, a few Gen Z words, and I'm going to try to tell you what the definition is. I don't know what these, what words she's going to say, and I will do my best to define them. Okay, we've got dupe. Dupe? Mm -hmm. Uh, like Like a dupe is, okay, if you've got a designer, designer jeans, or say you got Uggs, you can get Ugg dupes. Right? Yeah. Ugg dupes and they're not the designer brand. They're cheaper. Yeah. That's a Gen Z word? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Menti um, B. Mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Menti B. Wow. It's so sad. Yeah. Okay. What about Delulu? Delulu is delusional. And I like that one. I, I say that a lot. I called Eric Swalwell Delulu on Twitter <laughs> the other day. <laughs> Fitting. Um, okay. What about a common L? Common L is like common L or a common W is like if someone is that always has bad takes or always does something that you think is like bad or stupid, you would say uh, like common L for Brie, right? Or like (laughs) common W for someone that you think always has good takes. Yeah. Like some of the like idiot pro Hamas people were saying Gigi Hadid and her things that she's saying oh common W for Gigi Hadid wow yeah
1: that's a great (laughs) example (laughs) okay you see you know most of these I do you know sus
0: sus yeah that's that's kind of an old one that's like a suspect or suspicious Suspicious. right and then the last one I have is it's giving it's giving (laughs) okay It's like, okay, when I, for I hope I'm helping some of you educate y'all out there. (laughs) Um, You would say it's giving like noun, like a noun. So rather than just calling something by an adjective. So my Toy Story rug, it's giving Disney adults. That kind of thing. But I don't know that I always use it correctly. Like, can you put it in a sentence? What? That was the perfect sentence.
1: Okay. You're right. It's giving Disney adult. It's giving Disney yeah. adult.
0: Like, instead of saying, oh, this reminds me of a <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disney adult. This is, yeah. 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 Um, I saw a video the other day that made me laugh because I do this too now that it like at this time of year is really difficult if you have that idea of giving in your head because i saw this video on instagram that was like i saw a sign like on starbucks that said it's giving season and they couldn't say it right (laughs) like they were like they kept on saying in their head it's giving season (laughs) instead of it's giving season or like we're giving thanks it's giving thanks it's giving <laughs> thanks oh my gosh our minds have just I love that. become the <laughs> <laughs> because of all these ginsy okay i'm sure there's more out there that i don't know yeah there's more out there that i don't know either yeah well that's true are you when were you born what year
1: 94 i'm a cusper
0: oh no Yo, you're you're still a milan you're a young young yeah. Malen. You're yeah. only 2 years younger than me. Um but you are I think it ends in 95 so you're real close. Yeah, I'm close. You're close. You're closer to the to the Gen Zs than I am. <laughs> All right. Um we're going to have to end this with With an ad, so let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day, a lovely sponsor that I love so much that I like to talk about on Instagram because you guys are always asking me what is that cleaning that cleaning company that you talk about, and it's naturally it's clean. They provide affecting cleaning products using powerful plant-based enzymes. These are hospital-grade solutions that don't reek of nasty chemicals, so it's safer for your family and for your pets. The multi-surface cleaner is great. They don't have a bunch of fragrances. Um, I really like their carpet cleaner. I think it works amazingly their stainless steel cleaner also their um, stain remover spray I think works really well and so if you want a product that's safer for your family but also really effective then check out naturally it's clean you can get a 15 percent discount if you use my link naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie use promo code Allie for that discount Naturally, naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie promo code Allie All right, that's all we've got time for today. Go back and listen to or watch yesterday's episode with Dr. Miriam Grossman. It was such an amazing conversation. There were so many more things that I could have asked her that we could have talked about. I know we talk about gender a lot. Gosh, I wish that we didn't But it is such, I mean, it's everywhere. And like we talked about at the beginning, it's seeping into all areas of government and all areas of Christian life. You're not going to be able to avoid it for long. And I just love getting all different kinds of perspectives. And she had the child psychiatrist perspective and gave us some really interesting information. So go listen to that or watch that um, if you haven't already. We've got a lot of good interviews coming up, not just for the rest of the month, but also in the new year. There is one in particular interview that you guys have literally been asking for for years. and we've been trying to get this person on and finally it's going to work out lord willing um literally you guys have been asking for this person to be on the show for so long so i'm just gonna allow you to guess at what that is okay uh let me also encourage you to Go check out The Blind. It's the true story of the Robertson family. It's available for purchase on Blaze TV. It gives Phil Robertson's testimony, their early years of marriage, right before they became Christians. They had um, a, a very rough life, the and just morally, the life that they were leading, and um, is, is it's a really powerful it's a powerful story of redemption and it's a really encouraging story as we celebrate salvation celebrate the birth of our savior to just be reminded of the power of his gospel through phil robertson story so check it out go to blaze tv.com slash the blind you can get it for $19.99 that's blaze tv.com slash the blind all right that's all we've got time for today we will be back here tomorrow